Hi, I'm Riley. And I'm Taylor. Welcome to the Happy Hour Film Club, the podcast where we talk about movies over cocktails. Our theme today is Hocus Pocus. That's right, people. Hocus Pocus. As per usual, we do try to avoid major spoilers, but this one's kind of special, and I think one most of you have probably seen. We're going to talk about the film, Z. that's right, but we also try really hard to talk about them in a way that's entertaining, still leaves you wanting to watch without giving too much away. All right, so we got two special movies to talk about for spooky season. So we're talking about the classic Hocus Pocus that came out in 1993. And we're also, of course, talking about Hocus Pocus 2, which recently came out this year. Mm -hmm. Which was, I think, very exciting for those of us who were 90s kids grow up grew up with hocus pocus now i wasn't born in 93 so obviously i kind of missed the boat on that one just a little bit but it's still been a classic disney film for me especially around halloween time ever since yeah i feel like every halloween there's always movies that are re-released or made available or screened in some way and they just become these cult classics that you have to watch every single year you know hocus pocus uh nightmare before christmas like there's just so many have you ever seen halloween tree no i don't think i, I have brought that up before it's an animated halloween movie that was also probably produced in the 90s i'll have to double check on it but it's about these kids who end up kind of going on this journey throughout time and place to all these different um, think countries that celebrate Halloween or something like it in different ways. It's really cool. It was like, yeah, we watched it every year, but it wasn't a super popular one. That was on my every year list, along with uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, I was never a big Charlie Brown kid growing up. But um, I do love watching uh, Young Frankenstein this time of year. Mm-hmm. So he's a, a classic. Um, I'm a sucker for Mel Brooks. I love Mel Brooks so much. And, um, oh, Gene Wilder. Mm, so good in that, too. He's so goofy. He just, he's got those crazy eyes. Yeah. Yeah, him and uh, oh, Marty Feldman. Is that who he plays, plays Igor? Igor? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What a lovely character. Did you ever see the... I think it, there was a cartoon that came out that was called Igor. Did you ever see that? No. I didn't either. It came out... Oh, it's got to have been probably anywhere from five to ten years ago at this point. But it was about Igor. It looked very cute, but I wasn't Aww. sure about it. Yeah, I know. I kind of like... I like the old Adam Family movies... So, Adam's Family and then Adam's Family Values is my favorite. I don't think I ever really watched that, I'm assuming. I saw some of the the TV episodes of it, or like, was it a TV show? Yeah, I think it was originally a, a TV show. Kind okay. of like The Munsters. Okay, yeah, I saw like a couple of episodes, but I did see that they're coming out with a new Wednesday Adams. Yes, Ooh. I think that's a Tim Burton Yes. Um, production. So it looks really good. It. I thought it was hysterical. She like walks up 
Wednesday Adams does and dumps a bunch of piranhas in the pool where the, her school swim team are, you know, obviously practicing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And she said something. Um, there's, you know how on Instagram you'll scroll through and the video starts playing and you'll just see the, the text or whatever on the screen. So the subtitle started playing for one of the Wednesday Adams clips and her dad's like, well, just think of what how it would look on your resume if it said attempted murder. She's like, I know. It seemed like I can't follow through. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is absolutely something I need to see. Yeah. I mean, that's just... The Adams family are just such great characters. Um, I think you would like the movies. Yeah. Um it's Christina Ricci who plays Wednesday Adams in, in both of them, and um, Angelica Houston who plays uh, Morticia. Okay. And she's just divine in the role. And then um, Christopher Lloyd plays Fester. Mm-hmm. And he's like the best. But is Fester the big oafish? Kind of guy. He's bald and he wears like a brown. Like, big boxy suit? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yeah, Yeah, because then there's also... Oh, what's his... Lurch. And he's like... Oh, it's Lurch. That's who I'm thinking He doesn't say anything. And mm-hmm. he's kind of like the butler, I guess? Yes. But he's this, like, tall, kind of Frankenstein-esque looking person. And he's... He only, like, grunts or moans. Like, he doesn't talk. But Fester is, like bald and he's got like the eyes that are like really dark mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like dark shadowy eyes yes i know exactly who you're talking about yeah i was immediately i thought of lurch just because i love that character so much i love it i love a, a central character that doesn't say anything yeah yeah <laughs> it's really the, a favorite the, t- of the tall silent type yeah that's really <laughs> what i'm into yeah <laughs> if you could describe my dating type I'd say it's Lurch. Lurch. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited to start talking about Hocus Pocus, but first, cocktails. Hello, once again, Nicholas. Thank you for bringing us a cocktail this evening or morning, depending on when you're listening. What do you have for us And today? honestly, this cocktail would be great for either. Um, Ooh. That's not true. You probably shouldn't drink in the mornings. That's probably not a good idea. I don't know. But like, I'm not going to judge. You either. can wake and bake. You can wake and what? Sip? Yeah. Tank. No, no, no judgment. Wake here. and tank. <laughs> wake and tank. <laughs> I don't know. No judgment. That's, that's okay. Right. I thought there was a pickle in this drink, and then there's definitely not a pickle in the drink. So no. we're all... In our own headspace today, I it's think. It's true. It's that kind of day. <laughs> so what did you make for us? <laughs> so I, so before we get to the spooky ghost witches stuff, let's enjoy just fall. Let's just enjoy fall. It's a very fall drink. It is full on apple cider with uh, some bourbon and some lemon juice and some simple syrup. I don't really have a name for it because I think it's technically supposed to be a take on a jean jacket, if I remember correctly. So this this cocktail 
kind of has a history. So about a year ago, I was I was asked by my work to make a cocktail for a staff retreat. And I didn't know what to make. And so we were at our local cocktail bar uh, one night talking with the owner. And I said, hey, I got this thing coming up. What should I, what should I make? She's like, you should make this cocktail. And then just gave me ingredients and didn't tell me how to make it. Just said, you should put this and this and this and this in here. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. And I, was, I also had a couple drinks. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. And then I was like, oh, I got to figure this out. So this is kind of like my take on what I think she told me uh, for that evening. And it turned out pretty well. So it's kind of like a take on a jean jacket. But uh, yeah, we don't really have a name for it besides that. I'm open to suggestions. I know. I was trying to think of like, uh, like Winnie's lotion. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I was gonna call it the uh, like a zip up hoodie instead of a jean jacket. Aw, that's cute. A zip up hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> It's endearing. I was going to say maybe, like, the souls of children. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Or that, depending on the mood. A, a shishka baby. Oh, Ooh. there we go. A shishka baby. I, I like this. We're calling it that, though. It's a shishka baby. <laughs> We're drinking the shishka baby. <laughs> it's really yummy. I mean, anything with apple cider in it is going to taste real good. I don't know if it's the cinnamon. I don't know if it's because the apples are sweet and tart, and that mixes really well with just about anything, but it's the perfect base to really any anything you can whip together in your house. Now, I will rescind that it is not time for witchy season, Nick, because... It's October and it absolutely is. Oh no, it is. Absolutely. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying before mm. we get to the witchy stuff, let's enjoy the fall because the uh, witchy stuff's really but, coming up right can after. Can both hand in hand? Yeah. Mm. You don't have one without the other unless you, you live in like Florida. I was gonna say, are <laughs> well, there Floridian witches? I well, don't think. Well, so. I grew up in. Well, I mean, okay. So I was gonna say, well, I grew up in New Orleans, but we we have voodoo, so I can't. I yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Mm. You got voodoo. We got the classic riding around on a broomstick kind of witch, I guess. But that's more East Coast. That's more like New England, not the Midwest. Where are witches from Ohio? Wait, what? What? Where are witches from Ohio? Where are they? They're here. Now. The time is now. (laughs) What? (laughs) No. Wait, where is Hocus Pocus set? Do you know? Salem. Salem. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Salem. In the next segment, we'll talk about where this movie is set. Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, my. Wow. No. Seriously? You know, yeah. I heard there were some witches there one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might be famous for their witches. Oh, yeah. well, okay, so my, my thought process... In a very dark way, <laughs> in that they murdered them. Yeah, they there are no witches from Salem because no. they're all gone They're all murdered. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was leading into it because I feel like every Midwestern movie, like every movie that's set in the fall 
in the Midwest is in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I bet they... <laughs> but it was set in Indiana, other than the fact that the entire movie is about it being in Salem. So right. I'm... That's okay. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like a lot of things, like Midwestern things, are set in Indiana, though. It's true. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be every, like, weird supernatural stuff. It's, like, everything but witches. Like, there's so many, like, supernatural things that happen. Because you got, like, Stranger Things. I was going to say, what beyond Stranger Things? Well, what was it? So, Stranger Things. What other weird movie is set in Indiana? Because I feel like there's a bunch of weird stuff. Like, I just went through this. Like Hoosiers. Hoosiers. I know, I was like, the weirdest movie ever. Some witchy basketball. Gene Hackman, the Ru- witchiest person Ru- Rudy, in India. Rudy, very witchy football. A League of Their Own. Shenanigans. Is that set in Indiana? It's filmed partially in Indiana. Oh. Mm-hmm. Christmas Story, 100% Pagan, oh, yeah. pagan Witches. A Christmas Story. It's set in Indiana, but it was filmed in Ohio. Oh, whatever. That's true. They have a house you can go and visit, too. In Cleveland. No, it's mm-hmm. true, but it's set in Gary, Indiana. Which is, like, the why yeah. why they filmed in mm-hmm. Cleveland. That's Cleveland true. and Gary are, like... <laughs> They're the same thing. They are not <laughs> synonymous. They're for sure sister cities. <laughs> Gary has They're... the highest murder rate in, like, the world. That's well, it it, used to I'm be. exaggerating, used but to. it used to be. But so Cleveland did, is pretty yeah. high. I don't know. I always heard. So don't, New Orleans. So. Don't stop in hmm, Gary, Indiana. Well, I think this drink is perfectly fall, but also spooky. Um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Halloween. It's pretty much to me. It feels like the end of fall. Because mm-hmm. I feel like as soon as Halloween ends, we get into Christmas and the holidays and Thanksgiving. But, I don't know. Cider, like, and this is good apple cider, by the way. Um, is it, where's it, it is from? It is from Miller's Orchard in Napanee, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Also kind of spooky place, right? I don't know. Sure. We'll call it, we'll call it Napanee spooky. Miller's Orchard. Miller's Orchard. <laughs> it is delicious. Yeah, so if you, if you go to Napanee... It's called Miller's Orchard, and what is special about this cider is it is unpasteurized. And so when you pasteurize cider, it kind of takes a lot of the zest out of it, I guess. But um, they also have, like, obviously amazing apples and apple cider donuts. I'm a big fan of a donut in general, but especially an apple cider donut. That's and they have really good, like, old-fashioned apple cider donuts. Are they the ones that come in the buckets, or are they the ones that it's just, like, a big donut? You can get, like, a a box of them. They're just normal-sized donuts. Like, normal, yeah. like, Baker's yeah. Dozen kind of. Okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there are some places that do the, like, little mini donuts, mm. and they'll, like, put them in a bucket. And I think I've had those before, but they're not as good as the whole, like... Soft, yummy, yeah, donuts are so good. Yeah, they only have them on Saturdays, though, so it's kind of limited and not so convenient to, like, get them because Napanee is about 20 minutes away from where we live. But mm-hmm. but their cider, I think, is the best. It is. It's, yeah. So I would say get the best cider you possibly can. If you can get unpasteurized, you can't get it in the grocery stores because it's illegal to sell. 
in the grocery stores. But if you can go like work with a local vendor, uh, anybody that makes cider um, or does an orchard, I'd say go get it directly from them. Support local. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, now is the time of year, especially. I think that something about being in the area that we are too there's this nostalgia around like apple picking this time of year which is really it's funny to me because you'll go on a haunted maze or something and usually that happens they'll have those at orchards too but then the orchard is always this bright sunny happy family place too so it's got a little bit of spook and a little bit of sweet too in there it's kind of a fun I don't know. It just goes hand in hand. Yeah. I love an apple orchard. It's a very nostalgic place, I think, if you grew up in the Midwest or here in Indiana where we have a lot of apples and apple orchards. I love a corn maze. <laughs> I, funny story, <laughs> my first corn maze that I was on, I was on a date and <laughs> I... Did you lose them? Actually, I... <laughs> it turned out to be a haunted corn maze. Oh. Which I did not realize. I thought it was just like, oh, cutesy, let's go through this corn maze. And it was somebody's uncle that owned the place or something. So it was kind of set up just for us. It was me and this other couple. And we're going through. And I got spooked by somebody. And I pulled something in my leg and I couldn't walk for the rest of the night so I had to be on like crutches or hobbling through the rest of this corn maze because we had to figure out how to get out of it yeah it was the worst date I've ever been on ever 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 it was so embarrassing and it was like you're dressed up like all bundled up because it's cold out well when you're hobbling and doing all the work on one leg you're just sweating like a pig so i'm like bundled up i'm sweaty i want to get out of this (laughs) effing corn maze (laughs) and i'm in a lot of pain it was an unpleasant experience i will say but Mm -hmm. i've had more pleasant since so yeah yeah nice well thank you so much for bringing us a delicious cocktail nick yeah enjoy Cheers. Tastes Cheers. like fall. Cheers. All right, let's get into Hocus Pocus. So the original first film was made in 1993, and it is, of course, about witches. Mm-hmm. And it stars Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, That's how I thought it was pronounced, too. Okay. That's Nishimi. The original was directed by Kenny Ortega, and it was written by Neil Cuthbert and Mick Garris. So it originally came out in July of 1993, which I did read that it released in the summertime to capitalize on um, so kids being out of school for the summer. So it wanted to increase and boost its box office numbers by releasing during the summertime. And it didn't want to compete with Nightmare Before Christmas, which was coming out in the fall later that year, 1993. Interesting. Which was also a Walt Disney release. Oh, so it was all in-house that they made that decision. So that that Yeah, so it was a strategic uh, release date Mm -hmm. in that way. 
So it's just interesting that this film is so iconic with Halloween and because the entire movie is set on Halloween night. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that it released in July and nowhere near October or Halloween. Yeah, because everything now is so strategically released. Like a Christmas movie comes out Christmas Day, which I always think is odd. I don't go to the movies for Christmas Mm -hmm. or Thanksgiving or any other holiday, really. So I always thought that was strange. But people do it, so... People do do it, yeah. But I just thought that was interesting, just the release strategy that Disney had. So the film is set in Salem, Massachusetts, as I think we did talk about earlier. Yeah, I think we figured out that it's (laughs) not set in Indiana. That's, That's definitely what we... We figured out as far as where it was not right filmed <laughs> at all, ever. And, and so the movie kind of starts out in, like, the day of, you know, Pilgrims, so 1693, and um, the Sanderson... The day of Pilgrims. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, you know, when Pilgrims I were... I thought you were trying to say a holiday. I thought you were like... In on the day of pilgrims is when our story began. No, 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 no. no, no. 1693, back when pilgrims settled Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Sanderson sisters were pretty much established witches, just living in the woods in like their own cottage. And I guess they would just lure children into the woods to, you know suck their souls out and eat them to stay young. Remain useful. Yeah. And it's implied that this is like a regular occurrence or at least it happens regularly enough that the pilgrims or the settlers in that area kind of know to stay out of the woods. Right. They're not supposed to go there. And I think what's interesting to me is that they, it all kind of escalates because the town we see it's clearly, like, as if it's shot in one of those, um, like, a pioneer pop-up, mm-hmm. you know, where you go and they have the muskets and they have the people, uh, like, milling and doing old-timey activities. Yeah. Um, it feels like they had, like, two cabins that they shot at and then there was the woods. That yeah, and I think do. this is more, like, rural Salem because it was definitely like woodsy and like mm-hmm. farm and like goats and sheep. Not a lot of people around. And like a couple cottages. Right. Yeah. Very and quiet. So I also thought, mm, have all the children been eaten at this point? Or <laughs> how far into this are we? I mean, it, it seems like mapping. they were pretty like established just in, in the way that like the villagers and the townspeople knew that mm-hmm. like oh because i think there's like a scene where you see this like purple smoke coming out of the woods and somebody's like like look they're conjuring mm-hmm. like 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 they, they knew they weren't like oh what's that like they like they fully knew yeah and so you have this character named thackeray binks and it's not a lisp Have we talked about the lisp before? I don't know. Was it the last episode? I remember being like, who the hell names their kid Thackeray? Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, like 
Zachary. Zachary, but you can't pronounce your Z's or your S's. Zachary. Zachary. So, yeah, we have Zachary Binks, and he... Zachary Binks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's his name. That's that's his pilgrim name. Got it. Sorry. And so, yeah, Zachary... I can't even say it. Zachary Binks sees his little sister, Emily, um, being lured into the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, he goes to save her, and, you know, the Sanderson sisters are brewing their potion to, like, basically, like, extract her soul. Like, steal her youth, essentially, but it's like a life force kind of deal. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, Thackeray goes to try to save his little sister... And in the process, well, one, he fails to do so, and he also gets turned into a cat who is cursed to live pretty much forever, eternally, yeah, mm-hmm. forever, uh, with his guilt that he didn't manage to save his sister. Yeah. But he also managed to rouse the townspeople who took action to hang the three witches. Right. And so it, it is kind of gruesome. So they're all in nooses, the three, um, the all Sanderson. three of the Sanderson sisters. But before they, I guess, get hanged, uh, drop to their demise. Before they hungeth. Yeah, before they get hungeth. Um, <laughs> they, get, they get to cast one final curse, and that would allow them to return... Um, if a virgin lights a candle, and not just any candle, but the, was it the black, black candle? The black flame? The black flame candle. Made yes. of the fat of... A hanged man. A hanged man. That's yeah, what it was. So yeah, so it's a very special candle. Mm-hmm. And then we fast forward to present day, 1993, so 300, 300 years later, yeah. and you have um, this boy named Max Dennison, and he just moved to Salem from California. And Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yes. So cool. And he's wearing tie-dye, and he's got like the classic book flip kind of center part hair haircut where like Mm -hmm. it kind of flops from the center down the center part down Mm -hmm. um and he thinks it's super dumb that everybody likes halloween in salem massachusetts he's like it's just a bunch of hocus pocus and yes he literally does say that in the movie which i love i love when they say the title of the movie like in the movie as dialogue (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's so shameful, but I'm, yes, you know, it, like, good on them for working it in there. It is. Um, so Max is pretty unhappy that his family decided to move from California to um, Salem, Massachusetts. But he does take the opportunity to hit on one of his classmates by giving her his number. And she is super spooky, super into Halloween and the lore of the Sanderson sisters and the curse, I guess. It's like a whole thing. They have a museum mm-hmm. and like a gift shop and it's kind of like, I mean, you would imagine like a tourist 
trap. Right. It's like the town is centered around it, but it's not hokey. Everybody's kind of into it. Right. Right. And so Max has a little sister named Danny, and she is played... Thora Birch. By Thora Birch. And she's... I feel like she's in a lot of 90s movies as like a kid Mm -hmm. actress actor um but danny wants the trick-or-treat and max is like super too cool to take her trick-or-treating but of course he's forced to do so or coerced to do so and he takes her out trick-or-treating and they get bullied and their candies get stolen and then um, Danny is super, super sad, and she's just like, "What? You know, we live here. Like, just make the best of it. Like, we used to have fun trick or treating. Like, what? You know, be a good brother and do this." And so they end up at what's her name? Allison. Yes. The, so the, the crush. Yeah, the crush. Allison. So mm-hmm. Allison, she's the spooky chick that you know, kind of turned him down when he tried to, like, give her his number. Mm-hmm. And they end up at her place where they're having, like, this big Halloween party. And they all decide to go check out the cottage, the Sanderson sister cottage, to get into some spooky sh- shenanigans. Because he thinks that... He's going to get on Allison's good side. He's like, mm, yeah, show me what Halloween is all about, baby. <laughs> Take me there. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, this place is effing creepy. Let's get out of here. Exactly. So mm-hmm. they get there and, you know, he's goofing off, trying to play it cool. And they're all like, no, this is pretty creepy. We should just leave. And then what does he do? He lights the candle, and is he a virgin? Well, apparently so, because the Sanderson sisters, I guess, just arise. Oh, like the the floor yeah. kind of shakes. You get this green light flickering. All of the the candles turn on, and all this spooky stuff's happening. And then the Sanderson sisters. So it's Winifred, Mary, mm-hmm. and, and Sarah. Sarah. And they just, like, walk through the door. Yeah, they just They don't, like, rise from the dead. Yeah, which is really interesting that they don't show them, like, coming out of graves or... And they're still young. Yeah, they've not aged. They're still, like, young looking. Mm Mm-hmm. So in order to stay young, they have to take the children's souls. But apparently dying kept them from aging. Also, they just appeared how they were when they were hanged Mm -hmm. 300 years ago, which sure. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? (laughs) Who's judging? Yeah. Yeah. But of course, you know, there's all sorts of like, well, they're in the 20th century now. There's like buses and roads and fire trucks and trick-or-treaters that they're all kind of figuring out like Mm -hmm. what's going on and I guess I just love how the Sanderson sisters kind of get spooked easily yes (laughs) and duped spooked and duped yeah they get they constantly get spooked and duped like there's this scene where like they yeah are just walking and then they come across like the highway or like a like a road that is just like a blacktop and they're like oh my goodness a black a black river. <laughs> and perhaps 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so they're constantly kind of just getting, like, yeah, spooked and duped by all sorts of things, even though that they're, like, these badass witches, apparently, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are, you know, powerful and witchy. And so, children. I think that's the hard part of selling the Sanderson sisters as being spooky is because they're so dang goofy the whole time, but they also eat children, so it's not like they're a force to be reckoned with by any means. Right, yeah, they are totally cool with eating children and sacrificing children for their own kind of vanity. Sewing their partner's lips shut and murdering them, poisoning them, sorry. Yes. Same as murder, but more specific. Same same thing, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes, because of course, yes, there is a zombie in this movie of Billy Butcherson, who is played by the very, very talented Doug Jones. Beloved character. Yes. Billy. Good old Billy. Good old Billy. And yeah, Billy is apparently Winifred's ex-boyfriend but then he fooled around with her sister Sarah and then they like cursed him and killed him and sewed his mouth shut and it's a big to-do yeah he so he has a bone to pick with them even though so they kind of resurrect him to like have him help them capture the the children but then of course he has He doesn't like them at all because of what they did to him. And so he's basically like, you witch, you, you know, he's like, I'm not going to help you. Like, Mm -hmm. like, why would I help you? You killed me. Right. And so I love that they like resurrect him to be like an ally. And then he's just like, no, like, (laughs) get away. you guys are terrible. I hate you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, and one thing I did not mention is there is a book and it is just called the Book. book or just book. And it's got this like. I and it's like alive or has like sentience sentience and then um it's like a book of spells mm-hmm. that responds to Winifred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like the most powerful of the three, mm-hmm. but clearly also kind of the only one that shows a lot of power. If that makes sense, it's like they're all in it together, but Winifred's really the one that calls the shots. Yeah, she does the spells and chooses the potions, but then they all have their own, I guess, strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. I guess you could call them. You could say. Um, Because Sarah Sanderson is the one who lures the children. She's got this, like, eerie song that she sings that kind of, like, bewitches children to, like, Come to Come them. Come to them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... I was going to say, I'm not sure what Mary does. Mary, I mean, she just, she's Mary like the sm- band-aid that holds it together. Yeah, but Mary, like, smells children. Because she's constantly, <gasps> oh, like... Right, yeah. She's constantly, like, I smell children. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the very beginning, they have Emily. But then Thackeray is in there, too, trying to, like, save his sister. But he's hiding. And Mary's, like... Like, I smell children, and they're like, what? Like, what do you think is that? And they point to Emily, and they're, she's like, oh, a child. And they're like, well, of course you smell children. There's a child right there. But then she was really smelling Thackeray. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene where there's all these trick-or-treaters, but they're obviously dressed as, you know, in costumes, and 
they're very confused and they're like, what, what are these? Like, like hobgoblins. (laughs) And it's all these kids running around. And then Mary's like, I'm really confused. Like I smell children, but I don't see any. And it takes them a while to like figure out that the, the hobgoblins or, you know, the trick or treaters like are children. Are children and in disguise. Yes. Yeah. So overall it's a, it's your classic kind of Spooky comedy family film, family friendly Halloween movie, movie. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that I remembered how funny it was mm. because it really, it's got some zingers in there. It was cracking me up. I was sitting there watching it by myself. And the Sanderson sisters in general are over the top, kind of goofy. But my favorite of the three is Mary, the one that smells the children, because oftentimes all three sisters are talking over one another, so you don't always hear what they're saying. They're supposed to be kind of layered. But Mary says the weirdest stuff, like so <laughs> incredibly off-putting. And you're like, what? what did she just say? And she just keeps going. Or she'll do these really quirky... Um, Oh, what is it? The centering circle, mm. right? So she'll bring them in to do some like deep breathing. She says something like, I think we're about to have a very stressful and something night. I think we should do a centering circle. But she's very much aloof mm-hmm. in every other sense of the word. So I really enjoyed her. Um, All three of them have great comedic presence. Yeah, the timing is really good. The physicality is great. Mm-hmm. All three actresses just do do the part. They mm-hmm. really own the part, which is why I was so glad that they, when they did say, yeah, we're going to do Hocus Pocus 2, they didn't try to replace any of them right. or do a different cast because it just wouldn't have been the same. No. Mm-mm. No, it wouldn't have. So I have a couple fun facts here. So this one, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of the funnest of facts. Like, it's it's pretty amazing. So as um, we said earlier, Doug Jones plays Billy Butcherson, and Billy Butcherson is a zombie-type character who is, ra- you know, raised from his grave. And there's a scene where so his his lips are sewed shut that was kind of part of the curse or you know his demise and he somehow gets a knife and you think he's going to knife max but he uses the knife to cut his uh the stitches in his mouth open and then that's when he reveals that he's a good zombie and in fact there is a a scene where you know, they're all afraid of them, and Max is like, no, no, he's a good zombie. And they're like, oh, cool. Uh, but anyways, when when Billy cuts the um, strings that sew, that have sewed his mouth shut, moths kind of come out of his mouth because mm-hmm. he's been dead for a really long time. And that was a practical effect, so it was real and not CGI, I knew this already, okay. but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's wild. Basically, he wore a mouth rig, which was like a latex pocket attached to dentures that blocked his throat to make the moss come out. 
and then there was a small hole in the back of the pocket so that when he coughed, like some of the air, like air actually went through it. And it took like an animal wrangler to place like the moss in the pocket with tweezers. And then the stitches would be glued shut. And then they'd like run out of the frame to like shoot the scene as fast as possible because I can't imagine having a latex pocket full of moss inside of your mouth. Live moss in your mouth. Like how would you even hold your face? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to act. <laughs> I'd be so focused on the fact that there are live creatures in, in my body. Around in your mouth. Because, like, what if you accidentally inhaled, right? I'm sure you would inhale the moss. There's no way that that latex yeah, would get the, sucked yeah. right back down, you know? Yeah. There's lots of horrible things oh. that could happen. But it worked, and it looked so cool. And Doug Jones is known for his um, physicality, his mm-hmm. um, monster acting, so... All of his creature effects all, work, yes, and... Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's in, like, a bunch of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer episodes. He's been in a lot of Guillermo del Toro films, just all... And you would never recognize him, of, of course, because he's always kind of this, like, creature-type character with, you know makeup and mm-hmm. rigging and everything else. And this is a fun one, I think, because you hear him speak. In most of his roles, he doesn't have any lines because he's playing some kind of otherworldly being. Um, but in this, he has a true character that he gets to play beyond the physicality, which makes me wonder if this isn't one of his favorite roles. I don't know for sure, but every year he will post a picture of Billy around Halloween time of like, oh, happy Halloween from Billy kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, that's, I just think that's very sweet and endearing. That must have been a really fun role for him to do. Yeah, 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 for sure. But when I read that, I was like, that's amazing that that was like a practical effect. I didn't realize that his mouth was glued shut. I knew that there was a kind of a contraption in his mouth that the moths were in so they wouldn't go down his throat and that when he opened his mouth they would come out but I didn't realize they glued his lips shut to keep them from coming out I just thought he had to really think about not opening his mouth <laughs> yeah definitely have to breathe through your nose yeah oh my goodness um so another kind of trivia or fun fact is um so Sarah Jessica Parker plays Sarah Sanderson And apparently she found that the um, harness that they put her in for the flying broom scenes was super comfortable. And that instead of being lowered back to the ground during the, you know, the downtime between different scenes, she would just like have a copy of the New York Times on her to read while she just like hung out, like suspended in the air. (laughs) I think that's awesome. I mean, how, when else do you get to fly? Yeah, why not? I think that sounds cool. Yeah. I actually wondered how cool that was, like, I don't know, at the time being strapped into a harness and lifted up into the air, because I think now, or at least I know, like, in Harry Potter, when they were writing the um, the Griffiths? Not Griffiths. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the... um. Thestrals. Thestrals, yeah. When they were writing the Thestrals, that was done in a green screen room, and they're, like, sitting on something. It's not, like, 
they're not like super high up in the air or mm-hmm. anything. But with this, you actually get to get strapped in and hoisted up. Which yeah. It feels very much like a like a stage performance in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And I love the constant gags of like they're flying on broomsticks, but then at some point like their broomsticks get stolen and so then they have to find other modes of transportation and Mm -hmm. so they find find like a broom but it's like a modern broom and then a mop and then like a vacuum cleaner (laughs) (laughs) which has one of those big long cords you know that hangs on the ground Uh, yeah very silly there's a lot of great great gags on this so um something else uh, another fun fact is that so the role of max was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio. And he turned it down because um, he was going to be in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which came out the same year. And did very well. So, I don't um, know, in my mind, I'm kind of like... He made the... Oh, clearly, that was yeah. the right choice, but... Yes, his agent was doing his but. job by getting... Yeah, steering Leo towards... <laughs> that said, they did make a Hocus Pocus too. And maybe they would have brought Leo back for that one. I mean, eh? maybe? Eh? I don't know. Eh? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. But, but everybody had their moment to shine. And I don't think it was hurt by Leonardo DiCaprio not being in this film by any means. No, I don't think so at all. Mm-mm. Um, some fun cameos in the movie was um, Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, which I guess I thought they were married in real life, but apparently they're actually brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Gary Marshall's and Penny Marshall both famously, uh, you know, they're both directors, actors, you know, they have great careers. And they do cameos in Hocus Pocus, and they play a husband and wife throwing kind of like a, well, they're like doing like passing out candy, but then I guess they're also kind of having a party. And he's, Gary Marshall's dressed up as like the devil, and so the Sanderson sisters think he is actually the devil, and they're like, master! Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so yeah, that's always like a really fun cameo. Well, and I love that with Penny Marshall, they think that she's Medusa because she has hair curlers in. Like, oh, that's his wife. He married Medusa. Like, oh, wow. And then she's being kind of a at him. And Sarah Sanderson, I think, is like, ooh, you should not say that to Master kind of thing. Right. So it's it's fun. It's all it's, a really good. It's really great. Good goof. Um, and then finally, there are a couple Disney Easter eggs, which I always love. So, um, one Easter egg was that there was a kid dressed up as Mrs. Potts, kind of trick-or-treating. And then there was someone dressed up as Tron at the town hall party. I did see Tron. I did not see Miss Potts, but I, I saw Tron. Or at least I didn't recognize that that was her. But mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. I, transitioning to... Focus, focus two, which we are also talking about tonight. Um, there were a lot of Easter eggs in the Halloween costumes that I saw. There was a um, there was a Rocky Horror one, which was fun. I don't know if you saw that with the red 
sequin dress yes. and the black wig. Yeah. Um, there were lots of costumes from the first movie. I saw the Madonna costume that the mom wears uh-huh. with like the pointed bra. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't. I cat. I caught that one. Yeah. And I think it was easier to catch because they have kind of a flash mob moment where everybody's dancing, mm-hmm. and so you get to see the different costumes that they pulled out, and they actually have another uh, devil and Medusa, quote-unquote, <laughs> costume in it, and a clip of that scene of Hocus Pocus 1 that yes. you see through the window of someone watching. Yeah. So there are lots of callbacks to mm-hmm. the first movie throughout, which... I think you can expect with this something walking in, at least for me, to watching Hocus Pocus 2, was the knowledge that this is absolutely for the fans. It's going to be a fan movie. It probably is not going to be the most stellar plot line, because the first movie wasn't a stellar plot line either. No. Um, but there were, there were going to be a lot of moments where you're like, oh, okay, you know, first movie, I get it. You drew it in, because it... That's what the people want. It's what I want. Yeah. It's witchcraft. It's curses. It's, you know, like, we got to get this thing done before the sun rises type right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Chanting. Yes. I was trying to, I always try to remember what they say, and I can never remember. It's like, itch it a, Malakum. I don't remember. Yeah, that. it's fine. It's fine. Um, there were lots of parallels between the first movie and the second, but... They had an interesting start to this one, so with which I did not anticipate. And Hocus Pocus, the original, we go back 300 years into the past, and we meet the Sanderson sisters. And they have already grown up, essentially. They're like 30s, 40s, middle-aged witches. They're well into their witchcraft careers. Right. They've been yes. witching a long time. Yeah. So... In the second film, we go back to the Sanderson sisters as children. So before the witchery takes hold in their life. Um, it's clear their parents are not in the picture. It's just the three siblings. But uh, Winnie is a troublemaker in the town and has this rivalry with the, the reverend. He is trying to marry her off to this boy... Johnny, what's his face? He's not important to the story, (laughs) clearly. Not at all. Not at all. Um, And she's real mad about it. Of course, she's a 12-year-old girl, maybe 13-year-old girl at the time, which back then, they were hitching you up as soon as you could. Yeah, she was, I guess, marriage age. She was probably... In 1693, Almost middle-aged at that point. You know, she's old. Yeah, the life expectancy was like 30, so she was 15, yeah. Oh, yeah, she she, was already halfway through. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they're trying to marry her off. She's real upset about it. They try to take Sarah and Mary away. Oh, yeah, she's 15 because it's... Um, her birthday. It's Winnie's 16th birthday. Oh, it's her 16th birthday, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it's Winnie's 16th birthday. She gets home. She had a very rough day because the Reverend tried to hitch her up with Johnny. And the girls try to cheer her up with a new pet spider and with a nice little banner saying happy birthday. But clearly, Winnie is pretty distraught. Well, 
It gets worse. Reverend shows up with the entire town outside the door. <laughs> Seems so random. It's a like, little what? much, like, right? why are they all there? It's excessive. <laughs> we don't know why the whole town has come. And that town is much bigger than the town and the first Hocus Pocus. Which is why I you. think they, like, moved to the outskirts. It had to like, have they're been. more in, like, rural Salem, not, like... In town. City proper, yeah. Yeah, because this was... <laughs> bustling yeah um so they try to take sarah and mary away the two younger sisters from winnie so winnie has no choice but to get married she mentions billy so we get a little flash of billy butcherson who is a little cutie she says that uh if she's gonna marry anybody it's gonna be billy and he's like, why me? Since when? And she's like, since we kissed in the graveyard. And the whole town's like, <gasps> Yeah. Blasphemous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good moment. And this girl's got a lot of sass. So she's like, this is my plan. This is what we're doing. Reverend says, nah, taking the girls. You're going to have to deal with it. So they grab the sisters. Winnie is like losing her mind. Well, meanwhile the spider gets loose mm. and causes all this hullabaloo. Reverend <laughs> is clearly afraid of spiders and the girls are able to slip away and they run into the woods, but much further than they've ever ran before. And the Reverend is played by Tony Hale, by the way. <laughs> Who is... Amazing. Absolutely wonderful. And he shows up again. So yes. we love... <laughs> <laughs> we love him in this. Not as a reverend. He's like kind of spooky, scary, mean as the reverend. Yeah. But not, it's, I mean, not still kind of silly because but... he's so petrified of the spider. Well, and he's, he's like, he's the, just calling it Satan. Yeah. Right. Like the eight legs of sin or something. <laughs> the eight legs of sin. <laughs> Which I can relate. Absolutely. Oh, I yeah. Can totally, it's yeah. a creepy looking spider, too. Yeah. It's a little icky. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little afeared, but the girls are in the woods, and they huddle together, and this is their little, what do they call it? The oh, centering circle. Calming circle. The calming circle. circle. Yeah. yeah, so Mary's like, I think we should do a calming circle. So they all come <laughs> together, they're in their circle, and they're clearly being watched mm-hmm. by this crow that's up in the trees. And... The girls turn, because they kind of get the feeling they're being watched. Crow comes down and turns into a woman, which is quite shocking. Woman tries to snatch one of the girls. They start freaking out. And then this woman realizes, ah, there's something special here. You, You girls, especially Winnie, are not like the other children that I have eaten <laughs> yeah or what did she say met yeah the other yeah. children she, i have yeah met she before. corrects herself she's like oh i mean met <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and i'm trying to find the actress's name she's in um ted lasso she's also in um glow the female wrestling show that's on netflix oh she is yeah oh hannah waddingham Hannah Waddingham. She plays as the witch mother. Oh, is she? Maybe she's not in Glow. Maybe. Oh, sorry. I'm mistaken that. She is not in Glow. I was 
Uh, she reminds me a, a lot of the woman that is in Glow. But, uh, okay, yeah, she's in Ted Lasso. Yes, yeah. she's so good in Ted Lasso, and she's really good in this too. Actually, she plays. She's so bewitching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But she is has some very striking features. She's just a very beautiful, powerful looking woman. And she has. Like, large presence. Yes, she yeah. does. She's got a lot of, um, yeah, like, when, when she shows up, her energy is very mischievous, mm-hmm. but also, like, charming. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I really, really like her in that role. I kind of wish she was in it just a smidge more. Yeah, I thought for sure she was going to come back. But I was really hoping so, but yeah. she did not. She did not. She comes down, she meets the girls, and she talks about witchcraft. And she has the book, the book from the first movie, which we know ends up in the possession of Winifred. So we kind of leave it there. Winifred ends up with the book. She's 16. She becomes a witch. The other girls, obviously, Mary and Sarah become witches as well alongside her. And then we are present day. So we do the same thing as the first movie. We start way back when, flash forward 300-ish years, and we are in 2021, supposedly. But our characters are different this time. Um, So we have Becca, played by Whitney Peake, and Izzy, played by Belissa Escobedo, and Cassie, played by Lilia Buckingham. Hmm. So Becca and Izzy are walking up to school and they're talking about Becca's 16th birthday. It's clear that she is born on October 31st, Halloween night, which is fun and spooky. And they have some kind of ritual that they do out in the woods. Well, their friend Cassie is now kind of estranged because she got some cool new jock boyfriend and now she's too cool to hang out with the girls and play witchcraft or whatever. (laughs) So, which... Boyfriend was not actually mean by any means. That's something that I really appreciated about this movie was it was more modern in its approach to these girls not being outcast because they were too smart or dorky or whatever. This boy clearly just didn't get that he was unliked by the two girls, by Becca and Izzy. And they were not impressed that he was the one dating yeah. Cassie. They d- they definitely gave him more dimension of just like, oh, the crappy boyfriend or the yeah. unlikable jock. Like He wasn't mean no. at any point, which I liked because I think sometimes they do make the boyfriend kind of mean for some reason. It's like, Yeah, ooh, they're trying to make him unlikable. Controlling, right. narcissistic, yeah. ooh, trauma. We don't like that. So mm-hmm. especially because these are very clearly young teens. Mm-hmm. They look like 15-year-olds, right? So that I always appreciate also. So we end up, we find out Cassie has a party that she's throwing at her house, which makes things worse because usually Cassie, Izzy, and Becca all get to celebrate Becca's birthday together, doing their ritual out in the woods and then watching a scary movie afterwards. Mm-hmm. So Cassie goes off, she's at her house doing her own thing, and Izzy and Becca are like... It's fine. We're gonna do this birthday shenanigan, witchery, whatever together. So they go down to this magic shop. Um, after they run into Cassie's dad, 
Now Cassie's dad is played by Tony Hale, (laughs) (laughs) which we mentioned before. Tony Hale played the Reverend. Now Tony Hale is playing the mayor, who is a descendant of the Reverend, clearly. Also making Cassie a descendant of the Reverend. So they run into Cassie's dad. They're chit-chatting. Obviously, Cassie's dad has no idea that the girls are having issues. Blah, 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 blah. But he's super excited about this big Halloween festival that they're having in the town that night. And he's also up for re-election, I think. And so he has these little I'm the mayor, vote for me flyers that he gives the girls to pass out. He says, hey, if you're going to the magic store, drop them off there. So they're like, cool, on our way to the magic store. They go to the magic store. Which the magic store is? The Sanderson sisters' house. Thank you very much, Taylor. The original cottage, yes. The original (laughs) cottage. So they walk in. Clearly, it's spruced up. In 93, we had cobwebs. We have rat tails. It's disgusting. In 2021, we've got copies of the book all over the shelves. We've got the actual book in its rightful place underneath the case and all strapped down. And we've got the black flame candle, but they're half price, um, and they come in multiple sizes. So yeah, it's very gift shop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very much a um, what do we call it? A tourist yes. trap, kind of. Yes. But the place also has crystals and like sage and different incense and and things like that. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit of an apothecary while also being a gift shop, you know, essentially. So we go in and we meet Gilbert, played by Sam Richardson, who I think is really funny. I love Sam Richardson. He cracks me up. He's always, uh, he's he's just a silly goose. He is. He's great in, like, everything he's in. I really like him in Veep. Oh, I've never seen Veep. Yeah. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, he's... I think that was the first thing I've ever seen him in, and mm-hmm. he's just remarkable. Just, like, this lovable, goofy, Aww. goofy guy. Yeah. He's, yeah, I feel like he's always like that. He's He can be very sharp, tongue-in-cheek, mm-hmm. but in this, he's a he's a really good Disney character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, ugh, he's just a lot of fun. Um, so, Gilbert is our shopkeeper. Um, he runs the store, the magic shop. He gives haunted tours. Um, He also, when we meet him, is giving a presentation on the Sanderson sisters, retelling the story of how they came to be, their demise, etc, etc, etc. Gilbert is clearly close friends with Becca and Izzy. So when Becca comes up, he asks her what she's getting for her birthday, and she just picked up like a little gem or something. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's your birthday. I have something for you. And he gives her this really ugly looking candle. Mm -hmm. Really. And I got to be honest, when he (laughs) pulled it out of the box, I thought I knew I knew that this was not the case. But I was like, that's a dildo. Like it was. It's like weird, crooked. It's like like kind of crooked. It's like like a left. It's like a left hanging schlong. To be honest, like it just really looked. Yeah, it's got quite the uh, the left hook. Alec. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, it's just weird looking. Yeah. And it's like a weird color too, because I think the original black candle or black flame candle was kind of like a 
gold. It's like, like a it's like a milky carved into white. It. Yeah, because it's made of yeah the hang hangman's fat. Yes, the fat of a hanged man. Yeah, yes. right. So it's and gotta this one's be like, like blue. Yeah, it's or like silvery blue. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was, it was really gross to look at. I really ugh, maybe it just looked like a like a what's it called like a failed like something you wouldn't sell. It was like a mess up. Like it mm, was mm-hmm. um, defective. Yeah. yeah, it was like we like it got too close to heat and then it warped or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like kind defective of... candle. And he was like, "Here, have this. Like, mm-hmm. happy birthday." <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So thoughtful of you. Mm-hmm. Becca, thanks. I, I'm not near right rating for her. I don't know if she thought that. But clearly she's kind of like, this is weird, but whatever. He's a good friend. I trust him. Yeah. And he goes, you can use it for your ritual tonight. Mm-hmm. So clearly everybody knows that this is, like, her thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Small town, whatever. So we go out into the woods to do our ritual with Izzy and Becca they light the candle, and then it starts to, like, uh, sparkle. Like a like a sparkler kind of, like, start popping and stuff. And the girls are, like, freaking out. So they try to blow it out. It won't go out. And then they pour water on it, and it goes out. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Thank you. Jesus. That was freaky. But then the flame comes back on. And they're like, oh, my gosh. What's happening? And it's the black flame. Okay. Yes. You can see very distinctly out of that creepy, ugly-looking candle that is the black flame. So what does that mean? The witches are back, baby. So, (laughs) the Sanderson sisters. Song and all. Song and all. Show back up. They start to sing in while the girls are hiding in the woods. And they even say, I can't remember if it was Becca or Izzy, but they're like, what? who are they singing to? And they go to turn to leave. And I think it's Sarah Sanderson is there. And she goes, you. And it really made me jump. Yeah. It <laughs> got me. Yeah. <laughs> but it was quite the entrance. Mm-hmm. So then we go on a very different kind of journey for the rest of the film. I would say that there, there are bits and pieces leading up to this point that were kind of similar. There are still callbacks and Easter eggs to the original film, but the plot goes in a different direction towards witchcraft, sort of finding yourself. We are focused on these three main girls and their friendship. There's no real relationship besides, I think his name's Mike, the boyfriend, but he's not really in it very much. Um, And also some really, really wonderful moments with Tony Hale's character where he is standing in line and all this poor man wants is a candy apple. And by God, he does not get that candy apple. No, <laughs> he, he does doesn't. Not. It's very sad. I wish they would have done like an, maybe there is an end credit. Oh, darn. We'll have to maybe, go back yeah, and we'll see. Have to watch, yeah, we'll have to go back and see. But I wish there's like an end credit of him finally getting like that candied apple. I want Tony Hale to get his candy apple. He looks so sad. Yeah, Ugh. he's very sad. Poor boy. But, <laughs> but there are some really cute moments with the Sanderson sisters once again finding themselves in a reality that they're wholly unfamiliar with. So the girls, Becca and Izzy, convince the Sanderson sisters that they're not teenagers, but they're 40. 
and that they just have great skin and it's because of all the products that they have now and they actually sell children's souls so you don't have to eat them anymore you can just like buy buy them them and consume them right at the store yeah so they take them to walgreens (laughs) (laughs) and they mention the lighting and how bright it is and Izzy goes, oh yeah, it's the fluorescence, and they're walking through the door, and I know it made us laugh, but (laughs) the Sanderson sisters are like, oh, fluorescence. I think I knew her. I think I knew her. (laughs) So funny. So they go into the store, and they find the lotion, and the skincare, and the beauty products, and like a face mask. A face mask. They're like, ooh, the skin of children, and start (laughs) eating it, which I... Look, the face of a child. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh my gosh. So funny. Really, really (laughs) funny. Um, We run into another moment where the sisters don't have their broomsticks anymore, so they have to improvise. If you've seen any trailer or even images of the second Hocus Pocus, I'm sure you've seen this, but we have uh, Mary on... The what like Roombas. Roombas? Yeah. Yeah, on like two, two Roombas. Yeah. <laughs> so one for each foot. Um, but they're typically the Roombas light up blue, I think, mm-hmm. when they're cleaning your floor. Well, these guys light up red because they're like evil Roombas. They're evil Roombas. <laughs> <laughs> lots of fun. Lots of fun. Um, and then we also have our beloved Billy Butcherson by Doug Jones. Yes. Come back to life as well. Um, And I won't tell you how he ties into the process. I don't want to give too much away. But clearly the Sanderson sisters are trying to figure out a way to stay. They're not trying to die again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Despite, despite many failings, they're not, they're not given in yet. Um, And Doug Jones gets to have, I think, even more presence in the second film than he does in the first. Mm -hmm. Because he and Gilbert kind of team up for a good part of the movie, which I thought was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So that was Hocus Pocus 2. I thought it was really fun. Totally worth a watch. I... It's just, like, it's supposed to be a fun, silly movie. It had me cracking up. Like, I really thought it was quite funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know if... You thought it was funny, but... Yeah, it definitely had really great comedic moments, and it was great seeing the three uh, original actresses reprising their roles mm-hmm. as, you know, the three Sanderson sisters. Um, I mean, they're all so talented. There's a lot of slapstick humor. Like, yeah. I love just how dramatic they constantly are of just, like you know, they experience a setback and then they kind of, like, wallow and panic or, like, they're just very over the top and I I love it. And even, like, Winifred, she just gets, like, misty-eyed because then they're like, look, and she's like, I can't see. I have the mist of the tears that are in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's just so over the top dramatic and I I love it I think that's probably like my favorite part is just like how 
just over the top they are and it just keeps building and building and building like it just doesn't it like it's at an 11 and it stays at an 11 the entire time Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and it it's crazy to me too that it was those for those original cast members and now the energy is the same like we we watch these pretty much back to back right and it felt pretty seamless obviously they look different but the the comedic presence was still there for them and so like Bette Midler was 47 in the first movie and 76 in the second wow Kathy Najimi was 36 and 65 in the second one Sarah Jessica Parker was 28 and then 57 in this one Doug Jones was 33 and then 62 in this one. Wow. Right? Well, and with this, Doug, Doug Jones especially, you have no idea how old he is. He's a zombie. Right. Right? Like, But he's still... Who can tell? But he moves yeah, so... Yeah, his movements Seamlessly. Yeah. Ugh, it's so good. There are some interesting bits about the movie. So Bette Midler really pushed the second film to happen Mm. because she noticed that there was this huge uptick in merchandise, like Hocus Pocus merchandise. It was getting really popular on social media and like you could find it easily online. There was not a second Hocus Pocus movie at that point though. And she was like, what are we, when are we doing this? When are we making a second one? Clearly people are into this. Yeah. Like why not? Yeah. The fans are, yeah. And if she's 76 and like, let me be a witch. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Let Bette Midler be a witch. Put those goofy ass teeth in. And And that red wig. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. It's like, what a weird instance where you notice that your fan base has grown so much over 20 years. Yeah, I would say it definitely became, like, a cult classic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and like we were saying, you know, every year, this is what we want to watch. And Mm -hmm. every year, at least, I I never had cable, but I remember that Disney Channel Mm -hmm. would play it every single year. They would bring those same movies back. And this was always a very popular one. Um, and clearly they, they kept a lot of the original costuming and stuff. Doug Jones wore the same wig from the first movie. So they kept that. I thought that was really cool. Um, the, the initial film or the initial filming, sorry, took place in Providence, Lincoln, and Newport. Rhode Island, I think. Yeah, Rhode Island. In between October 2021 and January 2022. So that must have been pretty cold, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. I think out. I read that that's when they they recorded the first... The first one was, between was filmed like, between October and, like, February. Interesting. Like during the winter. Well, and and then they rolled this out around... October, but then the first one they did it in the summertime. Yeah, they released. I still in think July, that's so goofy, but it makes sense because Nightmare Before Christmas was definitely the stronger mm-hmm. hit at at the time. Right. Yeah, and I could see that it's very different than anything you would have really seen at that point. 
with the stop motion and and everything. Mm-hmm. So something interesting about Sarah Jessica Parker. So she actually did some research, and her tenth great grandmother Esther Elwell, I think I'm saying that right, was arrested in Salem in the late 1600s for committing sundry acts of witchcraft and choking a neighbor to death. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Case never went to court. She escaped with her life. Um, The accusation ended with, or no, she escaped and the accusation ended the Salem witch trials. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's spooky. Um... So the spider that attacks the Salem villagers is a real spider. I thought maybe they had made it, crafted it something, because it looks so unreal. It's creepy. (sighs) Yeah, they're frighteningly large. Um, They have a long black and yellow design, like, on their legs. They're really long and, like, spindly. They're not venomous. They can't even bite people. Like, they can't pierce your skin or anything. So it's a very safe spider. But holy cow, does that thing look... Yeah, it looks like you want to not ever go near it. (laughs) (laughs) So stinking gross. So gross. Um, And I thought something kind of cool was... And this is the, the last little fact, but... So when Billy Butcherson's stitches get put back on his mouth they read the word kill over top i didn't even notice that yeah and the first one i read that the stitches were supposed to look like 13 like the number 13 oh really yeah so that's interesting that like the stitches are kind of like different huh that's interesting yeah yeah i didn't realize that I thought it was, yeah, I I really thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I Um, thought it was a really great movie. Lots of great gags, like, um, when they were, the Walgreens scene was probably, like, mm -hmm. one of the better moments, and, um, you know, they were duped into thinking that, like, oh, beauty products use children's souls, and they'll make you young or whatever. Yeah. And these three younger People dressed as the Sanderson sisters want to take a selfie with the the Sanderson sisters, mm-hmm. and in the selfie they used um, filters, you know, to make everyone look bright and shiny and young and smooth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh my goodness, the, the, they worked! It worked! Mm-hmm. You know, look how beautiful we are!" <laughs> and they just see the filter on the phone. <laughs> I loved it. She's like, "Oh my gosh, we look so good." And then they turn around and they look in the security mirror that's in the top that makes you look all, like, bulbous and disformed. And they're like, ah! they're like, it's the lighting! It's just the lighting! Oh, it's so good. Um, So, something that I'm curious about, I don't think this lines up right, unfortunately, because I thought it might be why, but... The idea of witches getting their powers when they turn 16... That happens in Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and so I wondered if that's where it came from. And you know what? It might still, actually, because I was thinking they don't ever actually say in the first movie that they were 16 when they got their powers. But then in this, in Hocus Pocus 2, that's a huge 
point is yeah. that you turn 16, you get your witchy powers. It's her 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Winifred's 16th birthday when they fled the village and mm-hmm. find the book. Figured out that they were witches, and then the Becca character. The modern day character, yeah, it was her 16th birthday, so. When she, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that it's a little bit of a of a nod to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, if I had to guess, because. It can be a common trope, too, I think. Just maybe. Just like that coming of age. Yeah. I think it's cute. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. So that was Hocus Pocus 1 and yeah, if you haven't had the chance to watch Hocus Pocus 2, I, I would recommend it. It's a good time. Yeah, lots of fun. Watch the first one again, too. That's yeah. I love it. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Um, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at Happy Hour Film Club. We will post about upcoming episodes, um, episode releases, uh, cocktail recipes, and yeah. So much more. So much more. <laughs> uh, we're always, always interested in feedback. So let us know what you think. You know, write us a review. Um, slide into our DMs. Make us some um, maybe spooky movie recommendations. Or uh, we love hearing from you on theme requests and everything else. So as always, thanks for listening. And it is... Hocus Pocus, it is Ichita Kapada Malika Mystica. Ichita Kapada Malika Mystica. Yes. Ooh. I know. I think we just cast a spell. Witchy, witchy I language. Spell <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.